This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary roughness. Unnecessary roughness. I think this, that somewhere within the first five to ten plays of the game, the other team's quarterback must go down. And he must go down hard. It's unnecessary roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Big hole. First down, end zone, touchdown, touchdown, Raiders. Would you believe it? This is unnecessary roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy, Q. And here we are kicking off hour number two of the show here on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. And pleased to have on the phone lines two-time Super Bowl champ Jim Plunkett and Jim, we always appreciate having you on the show. It's always great to catch up with you. And the Raiders come out of their bye. They're sitting there at 5-2. and two. They're in first place by themselves in the AFC West. Uh, if you're that team and if you're the captain of the team as the quarterback, what's the message you're sending to your, your, your teammates in the locker room today as you get prepared to start the second half of your season? Well, you know, you, you try and keep them fired up. But, you know, they know their job as well. Uh, they're all excited. Uh, trying to figure out ways to keep this streak going. Uh, you know, they got off to a great start, then they lost two in a row and bounced back with two two fine wins. Uh, you know, I know those other teams were struggling a little bit, but, you know, they played well, they, they did their job, and they came away uh, with the victory. And, you know, they're going into uh, New York, a team that's struggling, uh, and but, they you know, they can't let them, you know, get into the game early because uh, that always causes trouble for, uh, for a team when they let a team that's struggling to win games, you know, get on top early because then they're hard to beat. What is the key to just really staying focused and locked in and not getting too far ahead of yourself and not looking at the team's record and saying, oh, this is going to be one of those easy games because there's no such thing as an easy game in the NFL. Yeah, you're right about that. Uh, you know, it's, it, each individual is different. You know, you focus on the, the game coming up, uh, no matter what you did beforehand or what happened before this game, it's all about the game coming up. And, uh, you know, you spit all spend all your attention and time focusing on your job, what you have to do in each and every situation. Uh, coming off a of bye week, I think, uh, you know, it's going to help them. They're going to heal some of their wounds uh, for the players who are banged up, and they have two weeks to get ready for this particular game. So that should help them greatly. What have you thought about the resiliency of this team, dealing with everything they've had to deal with and still come out 2-0 and on the field and, and look like they're even closer than, uh, than ever before? Yeah, yeah, you know, Derek Carr is really lighting it up uh, through the air. There's no question about that. The receivers are getting open for him. Uh, they're running the ball maybe not as well as you'd like, but sufficient enough to, to keep the defense a little bit more honest than they would if they didn't have a running game. So, you know, they're, they're, everybody's trending in the right direction. The defense, I think, has really taken a load off uh, that football team uh, with the quarterback hits they've gotten the, uh, their third in pass deflections and fifth in sacks. So defensively, has really uh, that team has really come around as well, helping that offense get the ball in good field position. Talking right now with two-time Super Bowl champ quarterback Jim Plunkett here on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. And, you know, one of the questions that we were asking earlier in the show was the trade deadlines right now. And some people called in and said, hey, I think the team is perfect how it is. Don't go out and make any moves. If you're the Raiders and you see this this roster and how everything is and and you have everything in front of you as you're in first place right now. Do you feel like you go, you need to make one big move to kind of put you over the top, or are you pretty comfortable with what you got right now? You know, that's a question I really can't answer. Uh, you know, uh, coaches are never satisfied with the way things are going, even if you're winning week after week. Uh, and they're always looking for that one more little edge to really get them over the top in certain situations. You know, the, the offense struggled in those two losses that they had. 
Uh, so you know, maybe offensively they look for something, or or maybe uh, maybe one more player to to stiffen that defense up even more. Uh, so you know, they're they're keeping their eyes and ears open, looking for somebody that might be able to help them. If they're satisfied with what they've got, then that, that, that's where they're going to stay. You know, we've talked to you multiple times about Tom Flores and how special of a coach he was, and uh, Rich Basaccia, He's off to a nice start as the interim head coach, two and zero, and every player to a T has really sung his praises. How do you know? How can you identify when a coach is a special coach? Uh, you know, it, it's hard to say. You know, uh, everybody has a different viewpoint on on what you know special means. Uh, but he, you know, he stepped in. He's elevated their level of play, both offensively and defensively. Uh, he's an experienced guy, been in the league a long time. And you know, uh, when you, especially when you turn a team around like he's had in the last couple of weeks. Uh, you know, the players tend to look up to him, listen to him more, uh, you know, feeling that, you know, he's heading them in the right direction, doing the right things to help him win each and every week. What was the qualities that you would look for in, in a head coach? Uh, you know, just, you know, no, you know, number one, you know, he, he covers all his bases. He's got everything covered offensively and defensively. He's got great assistance to help him do that. Uh, and his decision-making during the course of a game, uh, you know, how he, how he lines up, what plays he calls in certain situations, uh, and how he gets a team ready. Uh, you know, and Tom was, he was a great guy. And the thing I admired about Tom, especially since he was a former quarterback as well, uh, he, he got me prepared for each and every situation, whether it be a bl- all-out blitz, a zone defense, uh, you know, you name it. He got me prepared to call the right play in those situations, and I'm, I'm forever thankful for that. Talking right now with Jim Plunkett here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. Had a couple questions from listeners that are listening on the regular every week and love when you call in and get to talk and share some of your wisdom on the on the show with us. And so we had one question about uh, what are your thoughts on the way that the quarterbacks are protected now as opposed to when you were the quarterback? Oh, they're in heaven. Believe me, uh, <laughs> if they had to play back in the day when the quarterbacks were, you know, you some, some coaches uh, on opposing teams had – had bounties on the quarterback. If you knock him out of the game uh, for a while, uh, you know, you got extra pay. It was rough in those days. Uh, and, and plus, it was more of a running game. You had to throw. Most of the time you threw when you had to and not when you wanted to. And, and the game has changed in that regard. Uh, but uh, I, I think a little less pressure on the quarterbacks today, except to perform and throw the ball well, obviously, and lead your team to victory. But it was rough uh, being a quarterback, uh, you know, years ago, uh, taking the hits left and right. It, it was, it was really a tough situation for QBs. We had another question from our guy Raider Reggie. He said, uh, "What kept the Raiders and that 1979-80 Raiders team on task to win their final nine games of the season, then throughout the playoffs to win that 1980 Super Bowl?" Well, you know, I like to say it's when I took over, but uh, you know, that, that would <laughs> right? be saying a little bit too much. Uh, but you know, uh, you know, sometimes teams get on a roll, uh, and you know, uh, they play poorly. They come out with a victory. They play well, and, and it just feeds into itself. You start piling up win after win after win, and, and now you feel you're you know invincible in a sense. And no matter what the situation is, uh, you're going to overcome it uh, and get in the end zone and score the winning TD or kick the winning field goal. Uh, that's the kind of feeling that, that when things are going well that each and every player has that some way, somehow, you're going to find a way to win the football game. And, and you mentioned that, that feeling like you're invincible. At, at what point of the season, or does it just happen organically, organically when it just comes to you and you say, yeah, you know what, this is a special bunch? 
Uh, you know, I think that happens at the end, uh, but I, you know, I think just it comes together organically. You know, you you kind of sense it, you kind of feel it. Uh, you know, you just pulled off a great victory at the end, and and then you do that again the following week, and and then then the next week you blow somebody out, and all of a sudden you start thinking, you know, you know, we're pretty good. We got we've got to find a way to keep this going, and you know, I think it it builds momentum, uh, it builds the. Uh, positiveness in these guys' heads, you know, that, uh, you know, no matter who we're playing, no matter what the conditions are, we're going to pull out this victory. Talking right now with Jim Plunkett here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. Just got a couple more questions for you. As far as coming off the bye week, how quickly do you feel like a team could kind of get back into the rhythm of doing things, even though they didn't take a week off, but it wasn't the same exact activity that they normally do? You know, you know, I look at it a couple of ways. Sometimes, you know, a team needs a a week off uh, during the course of a season to to heal the wounds, to get everybody healthy and and prepared, uh, and uh, you know, go back at it. Uh, but and, but on the other hand, sometimes you're feeling you know you're playing so darn well right now. I don't want to take a week off, but you but you've got to uh, uh, to rest up and and get prepared for the rest of the season. You know, so there's two ways to look at it. Sometimes it comes in a in an opportune time to let your you know some of your players heal up, and 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 the other thought is you know we, we're rolling, we we got things going. I don't want to take a break, but you know you you, you got to go with whatever you you got going, and and after that break, uh, come back stronger than ever. You know, when I look up and down the schedule, it's easy for me to go up and down it and look at the teams that are coming up. But as a player, you can't do that, you know. So the Raiders have the Giants this week. But how difficult is it to look forward to that Sunday night primetime game coming up next week against the Kansas City Chiefs? How do they eliminate that? Well, you know, if you've got an experienced football team, uh, you know, they, have a, they can handle it a little bit better. They know what's coming. Uh, you know, Giants are 2-5, and five, but, you know, you don't want to lose to a 2-5 and five team. So you've got to be prepared. But anything can happen, obviously, in the NFL. Uh, but, you know, you've got to keep your mindset uh, telling yourself that this is going to be the toughest game we're going to have to play, even though they're, they're struggling at a 2-5 and five record. So they've got to be prepared for, for each and every week. As I say, any, any team can knock off any other team uh, in the NFL. And so they've got to be careful of, of letting up, thinking that, you know, this is going to be a breeze because it's not going to be. Final question for you. Uh, it's great to do good things in October, but it's really about what you do in November and December. How important is it for the Raiders to really establish that run game later on in the season? Oh, it's 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 absolutely. Uh, you know, I think necessary. You got to be able to run the ball better. Uh, the weather conditions aren't going to be as as good uh, in some outdoor stadiums across the country. Uh, so you know, you need to be able to run that ball effectively and efficiently. Uh, but, you know, on the other hand, if, if there are situations where, you know, things aren't going well and you're not running the ball as well as you'd like, you know, then you've got to find other avenues. And that's obviously to put the ball in the air, uh, maybe throw passes that are more like running plays uh, out of the backfield uh, to the backs or, or, or short passes to the receivers so they can catch it and run with it. Uh, you know, so, you, you know, there's a lot of things on your mind. Uh, but, yeah, you want to run that ball, you know, better and better each and every week. But as I say, if that doesn't work, put it in the air. <laughs> drop back and Jim will throw it. <laughs> you betcha. Jim will throw. Well, great stuff as always. We really appreciate your time each and every week. Thank you uh, for your time this week, and we look forward to talking to you next week, hopefully following a Raiders victory. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. Uh, let's go, Raiders. Thank you. There you thank you. Thank you. There he goes, Jim Plunkett, the great Jim Plunkett, two-time Super Bowl champ with us here on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. There you go, Raider Nation. You heard from the man himself. Uh, that's a great way to get this week started as the New York Giants are the next team up on the schedule. And I'll tell you right now, it is hard to do 
when you know that the Giants are not a very good team and they'll be in action later on tonight. You can see them take on the Kansas City Chiefs and who knows, maybe they catch lightning in the bottle and they, they, they knock off the Chiefs. Who knows? I don't expect that, but that's why they play the games. I'll tell you right now, it's going to be very difficult as a team that's cooking with grease right now, sitting there at first place to not look forward to that Sunday night football game, that primetime game against Kansas City. They cannot get caught in that trap. They cannot overlook the New York football giants because you do not, like like Jim Plunkett just said, you do not want to get embarrassed and lose to a team that you should not lose to. That team in New York, this team is going to be playing tonight, you should not lose to that team. But if you don't, prepare and you don't take them seriously you will lose to that team so they've got to focus and they got to make sure that they don't let that happen 312 is the time when we come back i want to hear your feedback 702-365-9200 anything that you've heard from today's show anything that's on your mind love to hear from you plus the sam and ash text line it's straight blowing up man we got so many text messages 69187 keyword rnr we'll get to those next this is unnecessary roughness on raider nation radio 920 I, i'm out me personally i'm out of the time of my life i mean i you know, I, I've told those guys, we end a lot of the meetings at the end, night before the game, is you just got to try to find a way to have more fun than you've ever had before. And sometimes in this league, the only way to have fun is to win games. You know, so um, again, only way in this league to have fun is really you have, you have to find ways to win games. Here's the deal. I'm the best there is, plain and simple. I mean, I wake up in the morning, I piss excellence, and nobody can hang with my stuff. Uh, you know, I'm just a, just a big, hairy American winning machine. If you ain't first, you're last. You know, what I'm talking about that phrase, trademark, not to use it as a tradition, Ricky Bobby Inc. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. 318 is the time. Coming up at 3.30, we'll have Ed Graney from ESPN Las Vegas, the press box, also the Las Vegas Review Journal. He'll join us to talk all things Raiders, including... We'll talk a little UNLV with him as well. But, uh, yeah, we'll talk about what's going on with the silver and black as they're 5-2 and two right now coming out of the bye week, sitting at first place in the AFC West. You heard Rich Passaccia there uh, talking about having the best time of his life. And he's a guy that a lot of Raider Nation is rallying behind. A lot of the Raider players are rallying behind. Everyone we've talked to to a T has said how great of a leader of a man he is. And uh, that's that's a lot of uh, that's a lot of credit, man. A lot of folks are giving him a lot of credit for what is going on and the way that he's been able to keep this team together through all the adversity and get off to a two and zero start. Now, the thing is, it's a small sample size, and the season is still very long with ten more games guaranteed. But I did find this to be pretty interesting, and and someone brought this to my attention. I hate the, that I don't know exactly who it was who brought this to my attention, but someone tweeted at me and told me you need to check out uh, Bussing with the Boys, Will Compton and Company. And I'm not a big Bussing with the Boys, Will Compton guy. But uh, they said that, hey, he was talking, Will Compton, that was, who used to play with the Raiders, was talking about Rich Bisaccia and how, how great of a leader of a man he is and the fact that the Raiders are in good hands with him. And so when I went back and listened to it, because I do listen to people's advice just to check it out and see what it sounded like, it really was high praise from one Will Compton. So check it out. Here's Will Compton. It's about a minute and a half talking about Rich Bisaccia. I'm truly not just saying this. Coach Basaccia, there's not, I, th- I want to say Derek Carr had a quote too. Like there's not a better, like he has every every eyeball and ear in that locker room, like ready to essentially die for that man. Like that dude rallies the f-ing troops. He's a, He was a special teams coach. He all, he's always been a special teams coach. So he coaches both offensive and defensive guys. When I was there, dude, like the respect that this man has is, is, is crazy. Uh, best speech giver in all the land. 
dude hits you anytime he sees you and greets you. He's hitting you on he's hitting you on the left side of your chest because he wants to feel your heart, is what he says. Wow. He's as real as it fing gets. And I'm not joking. Derek Carr, he has the ear of the uh, the ear of the locker room. He has the pulse, he has the heartbeat, and he's our leader. We would love for him to still be our head coach for the future. And that's wow. not like he's not feeding a company line. Right. He's not feeding a company a company line. Basachi was also the assistant head coach, like while Gruden was the head coach there. So he's like, you know, as far as how the dudes were in the locker room when all that stuff went down, when Coach Basaccia comes up and stands in the stands in the team meeting room, all the boys I know were like dialed in, like ready to go. Cause he's got the right stuff to say. Cause you know you you have some coaches, like you kinda just sit there and you hear him say their spiel and you're kinda like, I know this guy isn't like what he's sitting here preaching to be. Basachi is about that life. And I, I am a huge Basachi guy. I stand him, but the Raiders are in good hands. There you go. There is Will Compton, former Raider. Will Compton played with the team briefly. And I know a lot of Raider Nation are big Will Compton fans. I never was a big Will Compton guy. Just never was. Never thought when he joined the team that he was that great. But I know he has a lot of people in that locker room that he's friends with. And so to know and hear him talk about uh, Rich Basaccia like that, that goes a long way. And of course, that's a guy that's been in the locker room. I haven't, <laughs> you know, so he obviously knows what he's talking about, where someone like me, I'm just on the outside looking in and just kind of speaking on what we hear. So that's I thought that that was uh, glowing reviews right there from Will Compton. So I do appreciate and I, I hate that. I Like I said, I forgot who who tweeted at me and told me to check it out. But I, I thought that that was something that was worth worth listening to right there. So. There you go, Will Compton talking about interim head coach Rich Basaccia. And I'll tell you, to a T, I have not heard one person say something like, yeah, he's okay. No, nah, he's not all that. I, every single person has just sung Rich Basaccia's praises. So uh, hopefully hopefully the Raiders continue to do what they're doing under him. And, you know, if, if being a, the full-time head coach is what he wants, then, you know, he's under heavy consideration for it. Uh, but, of course, he's got a big job to do still. Uh, which is navigate the Raiders through the rest of the regular season. Got a text message here, 69187, keyword R&R. That's the Sam and Ash text line from Big Dub Raider. think we're good where we're at. The only position group that makes me think is the wide receiver group. Someone gets hurt for a game or two, we only have rookies on the practice squad behind our top four guys. And that's true. The top four guys that are there, Zay Jones, Hunter Renfro, Brian Edwards, and Henry Ruggs III. Those are the four guys that are currently on the on the active roster, those are the guys that have some kind of experience under the belt. Everyone else is a new booty. So uh, that would be a concern right there. I don't know if that's a concern where you go and make a trade for someone to put on the depth chart, but it, it's definitely something to be concerned about. Uh, speaking of <laughs> speaking of Will Compton, Fargo Raider just texted us. Q and Demon, Fargo Raider here. Q came off like he's going to rock the Will Comptons and yell at kids to get off his lawn. Just win, baby. Now, I don't have no lawn. That's a beautiful thing. I used to tell people to get off my lawn when I was in Texas. I used to tell them that all the time. My lawn looked good, but <laughs> I ain't got no lawn here. I'm good. We got rocks. We got rocks and AstroTurf. <laughs> Doesn't get any better than that. Uh, we got a text from Prozac. We should see if the Jets would come off of Quentin Williams. Our D-line would be bonkers. I'm not mad at that at all. That would be awesome. That would be, I'd be a big fan of that move right there. Uh, how about a text from Mailman Raider? If a move is to be made, I'd like to see draft picks coming in more so than a player. I'm really interested in seeing what Mayock does with all the power. With what we've seen in later rounds, get as many late rounds as you can. Find more Crosby's, Renfro's, and Hobbs. So there's a there's an interesting thing from Mailman Raider. Find out if you can get some more later round picks. Because, well, the Raiders have done good things with some late round picks. And they have. They've worked their magic. And you know, it's funny. I talked about the Rams and the fact that they don't, they don't really value their draft picks that much. 
The one thing they do value is the late round picks. They don't have the early round picks, but they do value the late round picks and they hit on them. If you go back and look at the Rams history, they hit on those fifth round picks. They hit on the sixth round picks, seventh round picks, undrafted free agents. They hit on all those guys. They really do. And they just they just give out their uh, not give out, but they trade away their their early round picks. But the late round picks they do hit on. So that's a good that's a good point right there. I uh, got another text from Sal out of Arizona. Q getting a bit off t- topic. Who would you give a midseason football to? You can only give one. Also, I would trade a, a late rounder for Fletcher Cox. We need a run stuffer. I agree with the run stuffer. That's going to be something, especially as we talked to Jim Plunkett. I said, how important is it to be able to run the rock in November and December? And it, it does get important to be able to run the ball. Teams are going to try to do that. And that is an issue that the Raiders have is slowing down the run. I do think a guy like uh, Fletcher Cox would be a good move. I do think a guy like a Quentin Williams would be a good move. I also think a guy, a defensive back would be a really good move, a shutdown guy, you know, a big time corner. I think that that would be a good move as well. Again, if I'm making a move, I promise you the only move I'd make is, is a defensive player. I just think that the defense as good as it is right now. If you can add one more piece to just to make that defense that much better. Come on. Now, as far as midseason football, too, man, I really think you said only one. See, I was going to give one on offense and defense, but I can't do that. I'm going to give one. I'm just going to give it to Max Crosby. I really am. And I know Unique Ngakwe pushes them, and they push each other, and they're really one-two punch. But I think Max Crosby's taken on a big role this season, not, in, not, not, not just on the field, but just leadership as well. So I'm going to go ahead and give that midseason football to Max Crosby for everything he's done on and off the field. He's just really become a leader. He's, he's rounded into a leader. He's rounded into an alpha dog, which I always felt like he had the opportunity to be there. I just didn't know how close he was going to be to being that alpha dog. He's there now. The Raiders actually have alpha dogs on their squad, whereas a year ago, I questioned who their alpha dogs were. They got them now, especially on the defensive side of the ball. 326 is the time. When we come back, Ed Graney from ESPN Las Vegas will join us. This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. At another Fast and Furious show as we do each and every day. And right now, we're pleased to have on the phone lines from our sister station, ESPN Las Vegas, also the Las Vegas Review Journal, our buddy Ed Grady. And Ed, thank you so much for your time this afternoon. We do appreciate you. And Ed, five and two for the Raiders coming out of the bye week. They're sitting there by themselves after the Chiefs, not the Chiefs, the Chargers, excuse me, lost to the Patriots. They're sitting there by themselves in first place. I've been telling everyone everything that the Raiders wanted to, everything they set their their minds on before the season started is right there in front of them. They've got to go out there and get it. How how do you think that they attack that knowing they have 10 games guaranteed left? You know, that's funny, Q, because I was uh, working on something today in terms of, you know, two years ago it was six and four, losing five of the last six. Last year it was six and three, finishing eight and eight. And I was thinking to myself, we asked ourselves this stuff on the, uh, this question on the show this morning, like, why is this different? Like, how's it going to be different? We had Vic Tafer of the Athletic on. And I think it starts defensively. Um, I'll always remember, like, when Paul Gunther was the defensive coordinator here, he would tell me if you're top 15 defense, you're in the playoffs, you know, on most years. And, or, you know, you're top 10, top 15, you, you should be in the hunt for the playoffs at least, not in every year. Um, they never got there with him. They didn't come close. But right now, today, they're 14th in the NFL in defense. And I just think they're creating so much pressure up front. I just, I'm going to be surprised if there's another crumble down the stretch because if they can remain good defensively, I don't know if Carr can keep playing this well. I mean, I think he's going to play really well. Uh, he's certainly not the reason they crumbled in the last two years. 
Um, but I just think the whole difference is the defense. Um, and I don't know if they can sustain Casey Hayward being the number one corner, Max Crosby being the number two edge rusher in the league. But I just think, Hugh, defensively, that's where they're going to point to if it doesn't happen this year in terms of Kremlin. And I don't think it will. I think they're going to be in it for the long haul. It feels like it, you know, but again, there's so many games left. You don't want to just go ahead yeah. and pencil them in, but it does. It feels like, hey, this is a totally different team. And we've been talking about the trade deadline. We saw the move that the Rams made and, and traded for Von Miller with the Broncos. Do you think the Silver and Black should make a move, maybe even on the defensive side of the ball, to try to put them over the top? Or do you think they're good where they're at? You know what? I'm I'm never in any sport because, you know, the big news now is uh, what are the Golden Knights going to do? Another one got hurt today. William Carlson went down today. And I'm just never a guy who's, you know, trade for the sake of trade. I mean, again, they're really good up front. And if you can remain really good up front, I don't know what you really have to do or to make a big move. Now, again, the Rams, they're in the mode of, you know, draft picks don't mean much to them, and they still do a really good job late in rounds and drafts. Uh, I don't know how they got Denver to pick up $9 million. So good on the, good on the Rams, you know, right. for the people running that organization. That's insane. But I don't know if the Raiders need to. I really don't. And, again, can we say Casey Hayward's going to be ranked number one all year in corners um, or Nate Hobbs is going to be ranked number five all year in corners by pro football focus? I don't know about that, but I don't know if they have to be. You know, what if, okay, if they're both top 10, top 15 corners, that's pretty good in the league. Is Max Crosby going to be the number two edge rusher? Like I said, I don't know, but if he's top 10, that's really good. So I don't know if I'd respond to Von Miller just to do something, just to say, well, we did something too. I wouldn't do that. I'd kind of have faith in Gus Bradley and what he's been able to do with this defense and, and see if they can keep it going. Yeah, well, that's what they need to do. They need to keep it going. It, it continues this week. They obviously have the New York Giants on the road. The Giants will be in action later on tonight. Uh, I asked this question earlier. I threw it out there. How do the Raiders, and I asked Jim Plunkett this, as a matter of fact, how do the Raiders stop themselves from looking ahead to Sunday night, that big primetime game with the Kansas City Chiefs, and just focus on the Giants this week? Because you got to beat this team before you get Kansas City next week. Well, I mean, you turn on tape of the Jets game and the Atlanta game. And you say, look what happened. Um, right. that, that should be easy. I mean, you know, they're going into a stadium where we saw what happened. So if they look ahead, then someone's not doing their job there. And I don't think they will. I don't think with leaders like Carr, um, who I think is a really good leader, and, you know, and Gakwe and people on the defensive side, that that's going to happen. But that's what I would do. I mean, if you get any kind of hint after the bye week, if they come in a little sluggish, if guys had a little too much fun, I mean, I tell Basaccia, turn on the film. You know, turn on the film of the Atlanta game and the Jets game and then see and then say, okay, what happened after that? So they, they can't do that. They can't look ahead. Um, you know, I think they're good. I think they're playoff worthy, but they're not so good that they can look past anybody. Um, right. But that's what I would do. I would start reminding them, look, we've been here before, last two years, um, but you can't, you can't let up now. And you certainly can't let a team like you're going to play this week get a hold of you when they shouldn't. Uh, it's, look, it's not going to be easy. I think the, I think the line's three, maybe right. two. So they're not right. expected to go in there and blow anybody out, but they've had a week to prepare. Um, Giants are playing tonight uh, against Kansas City, so they're going to have some days to, over them to prepare, and you just got to go win the game. No matter how you win it, one, two, three, it doesn't matter. You just got to win and move on. Right. You got to do exactly what their motto is, just win, baby. I mean, it's just yep. simple as that. Just got to go ahead and win the game. We're talking right now with Ed Graney from ESPN Las Vegas, also the Las Vegas Review-Journal here on Raider Nation Radio 920. And uh, how about the run game? We've seen it start to get cooking a little bit the last couple of weeks. You see the offensive line look like they're starting to do a little bit better. But, Ed, in November and December in particular, you really got to be able to run the rock, in my opinion. How much do you think that the Raiders need to continue to try to pound that and, and, and get that run game going? Well, they need to keep pounding it, but I'll tell you what, um, we talked about this, I think, the last time is 
I don't know if it's completely fixed, but I think a big deal here is the offensive line. Um, they've kept him clean for a few games now, and when you keep him clean and he's throwing like that, it's going to open up the run game. So, well, I think, you know, you got to get Jacobs back and Kenyon Drake's done what he's done. Um, I think it's more about who's up front, and they're getting better and better. So if they can continue that kind of rise in their play, then I think they'll be able to run the ball. I think it, it's going to always come back to those guys up front. A month ago, we weren't talking like this about them, and deservedly so. They didn't deserve it at that point. But I think they have gotten better, and I think if they continue kind of that precipitous improvement, then they'll be able to run the ball when it, you know, when it kind of turns and you get into some cold places and you're on the road and, and you need to run the ball in those situations, just like you said. Right, no doubt about it. And before I turn my attention to UNLV, I got to ask you a couple of Rebel questions. Before I do that, though, I got to ask you about Rich Bisaccia. Everything I've heard from every single person that's willing to speak has been glowing reviews of Rich Bisaccia. What have you thought about his short time as the interim head coach and the way that he leads this Raiders team? Well, he's just different than John. And look, if they were 0-2 under him, we would be hearing opposite stuff, right? But they're 2-0. When, when you win, everything's great. Now, I get that. That's at any sport, any team. It's not just the Raiders. I do think, in talking to Vic and others who cover the team, there is a calmer influence. It doesn't mean it's better than John. It doesn't mean it's worse than John. I mean, that's going to be the problem, you know, with this, is that they're always going to compare it to John. But right. I do think a little the air has kind of been let off the shoulders a little. He obviously deals with players a little differently. He's a little more kickback than John was. Um, but, you know, you know this game, Q, and, you know, they lose the next two straight, and all of a sudden we're going to start hearing other stuff. So, yeah, right. it always goes hand-in-hand hand with if you're winning. But I do think there's a lot of truth to the fact that he's a little calmer in situations. He just lets the coordinators kind of take over in situations. There's not blowing up in the sidelines. As Vic told us this morning, I mean, John is Chucky for a reason. You know, he's a very intense guy. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that. He won a Super Bowl. So right. it's just I think it's just a different personality right now. And when you're a different personality and you won back-to-back games and you're averaging almost 34 in those games, then people are going to say this, you know, this is a good thing right now. Right, absolutely. Again, talking to Ed Graney here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. And, and Ed, now, as far as UNLV goes, uh, they went up to Reno, and it just was bad. It was embarrassing looking. I'm not trying to bury Marcus Arroyo. I know he's got a plan. Um, you know, obviously, it's going to take a while to get that plan executed. But from what you're seeing from the Rebels, man, it's, it's what, what, are you, what are you seeing from the Rebels? Well, the one thing that was more disappointing than anything, and you know as well as anyone, you can lose, but it's how you lose. I mean, there's different ways of losing. People hate to hear that because ultimately the bottom line is you lost the game. They didn't compete. Like, that was the disappointing thing. Reno's better. They're a lot better right now. The quarterback's, I mean, much better than a quarterback UNLV's had in I don't know how many decades. I mean, I'm trying to think of all the quarterbacks that UNLV's had. Um, I'm thinking back to, like, Jason Thomas. I mean, you know, Strong is a very, very good quarterback. He's going to be drafted in the league. But they didn't go up there, in my mind, and really compete and try to take it at them and try to stay in it very long. So that was the disappointing part. It's one thing to lose to Reno. They were always going to lose to Reno. They're just not as good a program right now. But the way they lost, 34-0, and it's over, that was the most disappointing thing. Um, I think he has four chances left, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I, know it's, I know it's Mexico this week. This will be, in my opinion, their best chance to win a game. Um, and I, I said on the show this morning, I, you know, Tyler said it was going to be Utah State. I said it's going to be this week, so we'll see if I'm right there. Um, uh, but you know, again, they they didn't compete at all at Reno, and that was to me that to me that was the most disappointing part. Like they didn't they didn't show up to try to at least compete. Right, exactly. And I mean, I, I feel like these players, you could see them. They're a bond. They're tight with each other. You could see that. But at some point, I mean, they want to win, Ed. I yeah, mean, and and, yeah. and they're just not getting those wins. At some point, man. I mean, 
something's got to give, right? I mean, so, someone's gonna yeah. either crack or so, something's got to give. There's got to be a win coming around somewhere just to give the give the players some kind of confidence. Yeah, I mean, I really feel for the kids. Um, it's been a long time, over 700 days, and that's a long time without a win. You kind of want it for the kids. You want them to be able to sing their fight song and do what they do in a locker room after the game, and, and most of those kids haven't been able to experience that. Some have, because some obviously are still left over from the Tony Sanchez era, um, but some some haven't at all, and it's got to wear on them. I think they got a shot this week. New Mexico got a bye. Um, this isn't breaking news. New Mexico's not very good. I saw them on TV against San Diego State, and they're, they're not a very good team at all. So I do think UNLV um, has a shot this week, and it would be great for those kids to get some success. I think they play Hawaii. They end with San Diego State, I believe. That's obviously really tough. Um, so this is kind of one left that, you know, you say, you know what? I mean, they're on the road, and the spread's only one. So that tells you a lot yes. about New Mexico as much as it does UNLV. Right. No, it does. It tells you a whole lot. And really, final question for you, Ed, and I'm not, again, not trying to bury Coach Arroyo. I know he's – He's got a plan. I mean, I've seen some recruits that he's getting verbal commits on. I think that those are good players. If they don't win a game this year and they haven't won a game in the Marcus Royal era, I mean, what what's the conversation like when the season's over? Bring back Tony Sanchez. Um, <laughs> his boss just got fired yesterday, so I don't know what's going to happen with him at TCU. Um, right. You know, I think the – well, Q, the conversation starts with who's having the conversation because we don't know who the AD is going to be. It's true. So, you know, if they stay if they stay with the interim right now, the conversation is probably different someone who's watched the team all year to a completely new person. I think he comes back. Uh, Tyler made a great point this morning. You know, the timing's really hard. If you hire an AD early 2022 and it's not your interim, it's really hard at that point to get rid of a football coach and try to go get somebody. It just it doesn't make sense. And I, I'll say this for Marcus Arroyo. I said it this morning. Look, everyone went through the pandemic, but not everyone was a first-time head coach with a new program. And that, right. that makes it doubly difficult when you go through the pandemic and you're trying to put your stuff in and you're trying to recruit. Now, they're not good, and I don't think any of us are going to sit here and say they're good. I think he comes back next year, and I think the conversation, no matter who the AD is, look, it can't go from zero or one to three. It has to go from zero or one to, like, five, six challenging for a bowl. And I think that should be the conversation, in all, in all honesty. And he does recruit well, um, and those recruits better show up. That's the thing. He 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 gets all the he gets the stars and, and and the recruiting classes, but they better be good. We don't know until they're on the field. You know how he's evaluated. So, I think he's back. Um, I think he should be back. I do. I, I think a year and a half again is just it's so it, they're not good, but you keep changing coaches all the time, and it, it just it do, it usually doesn't work out that way. It doesn't right. work out to keep changing people every other year. It just doesn't. So. But I do think next year the expectation should be far more than, hey, let's see some incremental change of like two or three wins. I, I don't think you can do that after what's happened so far. Right, and, and continuing to change coaches doesn't work on any level. I mean, it just doesn't. No. You know, it's no, one no. of those things. You need some kind of continuity. And, Ed, before I let you go, man, I wanted to compliment you guys. Uh, you had Governor Sisolak on the other day last week. Great interview. That was a lot of Thank good you. stuff. Uh, he, he, he uh, DeMond wasn't very happy after he talked because he didn't – speak highly on UNLV, but I oh, thought it was a great interview. So. He was clearly one-sided. I mean, okay, maybe he was writing the result, but he was clearly one-sided. He did have the impression that UNLV wasn't very good. I mean, I don't know why he would right say now, that. He's not wrong. <laughs> no, saying, he's not. He lost he's a not. vote. He lost a vote. That's all I'm saying. Unbelievable. Oh, well, uh, good, great job with that interview. What do you guys got coming up on the press box that we should be on the lookout for? You know what? Uh, it'll be myself and Adam Candy tomorrow. Mr. Bischoff is off to Houston to, in right. his life, hopefully see his Astros win the World Series. So uh, Adam and I, and then I'm off to New York with the Raiders, and 
it'll be Adam and Tyler the rest of the week. So I'm sure they're going to have a ton of stuff, a ton of good stuff. Nice, nice. Well, great job as always, man. We Thanks, appreciate guys. you. Keep up the great work on, on ESPN and also the Las Vegas Review-Journal, man. Like I said, we appreciate you as always. Thanks, Q. Talk to you soon. See you tomorrow. All right. There he goes, my guy, Ed Graney. Double duty, ESPN Las Vegas, as well as the Las Vegas Review-Journal. And, yeah, he'll be headed out to New York, along with Vinny Bonsignor, along with uh, Vic Tafer, Tashawn Reed. All them cats will be headed out to New York to check out the Raiders on Sunday, take on the New York football giants. And that's right, Tyler Bischoff is headed to Houston to watch the Astros. Man, the Astros came back, came back, and I thought that they were done. I thought they were buried. Gave up a... First inning, Grand Slam, got down 4-0, thought, oh, World Series is over. But they found a way to battle back, force a game six in H-Town coming up tomorrow. So that's really something I'll definitely be paying attention to. 3.45 is the time when we come back. I'll tell you what else I'm paying attention to, what you should be paying attention to, what's going on tonight, Monday Night Football, where you should be to watch it. We'll tell you next. This is Raider Nation Radio 920. It's unnecessary roughness. The judge, Lester Hayes, joining us now. That's why Q, of course, our team kept winning. Kept winning, Q, because of our training. You got to put in the work and the time and the perseverance and the patience to train your body and train your brain. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy Q. Just got a few more minutes left in today's show. Going to pass the sticks on to Vinny Bonsignor in just a few minutes in the huddle. It's going to take you up 4 to 6 p.m. We'll tell you about a spot to be watching Monday Night Football at tonight. I'll tell you about that in a hot minute. But before I do that, I do want to go out to the 510. That's Oakland, California. My man Raider Dave is on the line. What's on your mind, Raider Dave? How you doing, my friends? Q, good, D, how you doing, man? good man. I'm, I'm I'm pumped, man. This is this is definitely going to test our metal. This is the second half of the season, fellas. Second half of the season. We know what's been going on the past couple years, and now this is when they rise to the occasion. Yes, I am in the heart of the pounding Raider Nation, the Oakland area, and this is what we live for every year. And now it's time these guys got to be fully alert and wake up and make this thing happen because they got to seal the deal and they got to get a, a, a nice little centerpiece to add to them three trophies in the hallway over there. So, uh, you know, we gotta, we gotta get some D, uh, no trades right now. I think we're good settled, but, um, we gotta get JJ healthy in that backfield. He's got to thump some boys. He's got to seek out some holes. That's the whole thing. And them defensive backs, turn your head, son. Turn your head. Get a vision on that ball so you can take that thing away. What do you think, guys? You think they're going to do it? It's a good chance. It's a good chance. Great call, my man. I appreciate it. I love the passion there behind your call. And, yeah, there's a good chance. They're in good position. That's what I've been talking about throughout the course of the show. They're in great position. They just got to go out there and handle their business. They got to do it one game at a time. Got the Giants up first. Then you got the Chiefs. I mean, that's those are two back-to-back games that, you know, you, you should feel good about yourself. But, again, you got to take it one game at a time and, and handle your business. So uh, it's all right there for the taking. It's I think it's a position that the Raiders really haven't been in in a while where they're right there in front with nobody that they're chasing. They're Everyone's chasing them. And then, of course, the bad news that the, the Titans had to deal with earlier today with Derrick Henry going down, that was awful. Uh, but that's the number one seed in the AFC. And so the Raiders are sitting there at number two. So there's so many things that the Raiders can like about their position. They just got to go and take advantage of it. I got a text or a tweet. 
and said the Raiders need a great run stopper. We do need one. What the hell is everyone talking about? We don't need players. You can always improve. What happens when a linebacker goes down to injury or another defensive tackle? Then what? And I'm with you. I'm with you. And that was from at G-W-A-R-E-B. I'm not sure how you say that, but oh, yeah, there you go. Uh, I'm with you. I think a big-time defensive player, one defensive player would make a big difference, but don't force it. Don't do one just to say, hey, well, well, hey, we went and made a move. I just think if it's the right piece, and if you feel like it's the right piece, then you go and make that move. I don't think that you should ever be afraid to make a trade, uh, just similar to what the Rams. They're not afraid to make trades, and they're, they're willing to tell their team, hey, we are all in on what we're trying to do. If the Raiders go out and make a move for one big one big piece, I think that they're sending that message to the locker room, just like Mike Mayock sent the message to the locker room before the season started, that we believe this is a playoff team. I think if you go out and make one big move, I think that they're sending a message to the team. Not only is this a playoff team, but this is a team that we expect to make a deep run in the playoffs. So Yeah, Q, but I feel like it's not Madden, though. It's not like it's not can, no, no it's not. I say that to say this that because we just saw that with two different receivers during the season, Willie Sneed and John Brown, where they're just like, I'm not playing. Get me out of here. Why well, don't you can't just bring in someone like someone so accomplished or oh, this guy should be a starter on other teams, but oh, he might just ride the pine here, and you just expect this player, this imaginary player that would be such a game changer, to just come who, here and just be okay with sitting. Because, who are you talking about sitting though? I'm not talking about bringing someone in to sit. I'm not saying sit, but I don't see what position like, do you bring someone in and they're an immediate starter? My ex- okay, my example was a defensive back. If you bring in Byron Jones, he's a starter right now. And he's probably the second best defensive back you have on your team across from Casey Hayward. I'm not wrong. <laughs> I mean, there's just, I'm not wrong. There's no way you could tell me that he would be sitting. There's not one dude on that squad, including Trayvon Mullen, including Damon Arnett, including Brandon Faison, that you would put there above Byron Jones if you were to bring him in. Now, he takes a big contract. He's got a big contract. You got to figure that out. That's on you. But he's a starter right now. Yeah, that's the big if with a guy like Jones. That's this isn't like a that's what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about just any swing and D off the streets. I'm talking about some dude with some stones, you know, with some skin on the wall, somebody who's a difference maker. That's what I've been talking about. I'm not just talking about anybody. I'm not saying just go make a move just to make a move. I'm saying go to make a move to say, hey, this is this is what we're doing. We're we're going for it. That's what I'm talking about. No, I hear you. I just think it's one. It's it just to me. It all just sounds better in theory because I think people look at the Rams and they're just like every fan base is. Why can't we just like build a super team in theory? Right. Right. For sure. No, you can't. I mean, it's not Monopoly money. You can't just go out and do whatever you want to do. Like you said, it's not Madden. So don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying if you believe that you're that one lockdown dude away and maybe you don't like you said, you don't think there's a move to be made. That's cool. I respect that. I'm just saying. If I'm Mike Mayock, I'm looking at it and saying, where could be the potential weak link? And I think with all the injuries in the secondary, that's where it's at. That's, that's to me. But like other people have said, the run stuffer. You tell me that the Raiders couldn't use a Fletcher Cox? You tell me that they couldn't use a guy like that to come in and, and, and fill a void where Clee Farrell is failing? I, I would have no problem, absolutely no problem, with them making a move on the defensive line to, to add to that wave of guys that can get after the quarterback and stuff the run, or that's secondary. But, again, that's that's just me. Let me, real quickly, before I pass the sticks on to Vinny Bonsignor, I do want to mention that right now, going down at the Underground Lounge inside the Oyo Hotel and Casino, Clay Baker from the Morning Tailgate, he's taking you up to kickoff for uh, Monday Night Football. 
It is the the wrap-up of week eight, the Chiefs and the G-Men. He's got a ton of prizes. They've been sending some pictures out already. They got a bunch of prizes out there, including shirts. They got some uh, Modelo gear going on out there. They got all kinds of stuff out there. Plus, plus Danny's out there, man. You got to holler at Danny and Clay. Those are some good dudes right there. So definitely go by there, holler at them, get some great food specials, get some great drink specials, and uh, get ready for Monday night football action. We do it each and every Monday at the Oyo Hotel and Casino Underground Lounge. Clay Baker from the Morning Tailgate. He is out there. Uh, he's going to take you, like I said, all the way up to, to kick off and then some. So uh, make sure you get out there. Stop by. If you're driving by, be like, er, ski skirt. Just go ahead and hit that. You ain't got to hit your blinker. No, I'll do it safely. Hit your blinker. Hit your blinker and get on over and uh, and, and go holler at Clay. And uh, he'll get you hooked up with all kinds of prizes. That's what he does. He's the, he's the people's champ for a reason. So go out there and check out Clay. He'll be checking in throughout the course of the show from with Vinny on uh, In the Huddle and Damon. And I'm sure you guys will have plenty of great conversation. Is, uh, you got Vinny standing by or no, Damon? Uh, no, but we with a little clock manipulation, we do have some time to get Ray to Reggie on. Oh, okay. Well, let's go out to Ray to Reggie, man. I think, well, thank you for telling me he's on the phone. Uh, Ray to Reggie, what's on your mind, my man? Man, my boy on the ones and twos. I, I can't give him enough love. That boy be finding a way. He that DJ that don't be sweating when the music is ending. And they like, oh, what the fuck to put? He just go, here's the switch. Boom. There's the track, baby. <laughs> what's going on, man? Real quick. Just because you was talking about the trade situation, I'm that dude that I've been saying because of the next man up mentality we've been having and then the injuries that we have had, I'm always saying we got to find that one guy, you know, to just make solidify this defense. And I was thinking somebody that's a run stopper was my first mindset we got to get somebody that can shut this run down because a lot of the teams that we're going to face coming up as well as if we did get to the playoffs they got these running backs man and we Mm got to have somebody to be able to slam the door but then also you right man on the dd side if you can bring somebody in here that's going to be a starter not and i'm talking about before the rams did what they did right i care less about what they do we talking about the Rams. agreed Agreed. so man if we could do that and solidify and just be solid and everybody else that's not healthy, get healthy, Raiders could go the distance, I believe, Lord. I, I, I believe they can. I'm expecting the Raiders to do it. I'm looking for my Raider Nation to stand up, stay together, stay united, and back my boy D. Carr up. Let's go, Raiders. Raiders. There he is. Good stuff right there. That's Raider Reggie closing us out the right way, man. That's a mic drop moment. I like it. And yeah, that's the thing about it. I'm not reacting to Denver and to the Rams because I was talking about this before the Rams ever made a move for Von Miller. So let's just uh, go ahead and put that out there in the airwaves. This is just something I've been talking about. This ain't something I'm reacting to what the Rams did. I'm just saying they showed and proved that they're not scared to make a move and they feel like if they could be all in and host the Super Bowl like the like uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers did, then they're going to do everything possible. And that's what they did today. So I respect that. But uh, again, the Raiders, if they feel like there's a move to be made, they'll make it. If they don't feel like there's a move, then they won't. And I'm okay with that as well. Vinny Bonsignor is coming up next, 4 to 6 p.m. You'll be hearing from Clay Baker as well from the morning tailgate. He'll be checking in from the Underground Lounge. And we'll be back here tomorrow right here on Raider Nation Radio 920. A holler.